0: Richard jb 5 jbz and welcome to Richard's Radio Adventures. Uh, it's good to hear, see you guys again, or here have you guys download us again. And uh, it's definitely, definitely, uh, we're getting a little better at this, improving, improving the uh, recording and all that good stuff. Alrighty, so <laughs> this time. Actually, I think we want to call this episode the Heroes of Talk Group 91. The Heroes of Talk Group 91. And for those of you who didn't immediately key on that, um, we're talking about the net control stations on Talk Group 91 for the DMR Worldwide Net. I think it's Brandmeister Associated. And I was listening to them the other day, and I really think that, uh, well, not only did they impress me, um, I think we probably need to let people know a little bit uh, about the world-class net control operators operating on that net. So let's start out with, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, on One of the MR Networks, Brandmeister, which I'm told is the most popular or depends on who you talk to. Uh, However, Brandmeister, one of their talk groups, Talk Groups 91, is a worldwide talk group, which means it's hooked up uh, to countries all over the world. And every Sunday morning at about 11 o'clock, they have a check-in net on the worldwide net. Now, I know some of you out there may be thinking to yourself, what, a check-in net? Because, you know, I used to think that way too. However, check-in nets have their uses uh, uh, a lot of times to check out network equipment, things like that, you know, and this thing, it, it, not bad. And the net control stations that I've heard on there are outstanding. And when I say that, I'll give you a couple of a couple of examples when uh, we get rolling a little better. Uh, but those of you who know me, those of you who have been listening to me since the back in the early two thousands, And that kind of stuff. Y'all know, y'all know that I'm not easily impressed by a lot of the operators out there. However, these guys, these guys have got it going on. So let me start out with uh, a couple of weeks back. uh, I was listening to one of the, I'm, yeah, I'm still trying to get used to. Uh, the check-in process and stuff like that. You know, once a week, it's kind of hard to uh, get too too up on it. However, in, and instead of uh, jumping in feet first, y'all know I kind of kind of sit back and watch things for a while before I get involved. So, first example is the uh, about two weeks ago. And I was sitting there, I was listening to the net, Uh, my wife's been in the hospital, so I was doing, uh, I was doing laundry while I was listening to the net and carrying the radio around the house with me, and it was coming through the hot spot, and I'm listening to this net, or taking a short break and listening to the net, and all of a sudden we start hearing an Alaska statewide net fire up on this talk group. Now what it turned out being is that there was some kind of mix up on the Alaska net controls end where uh it was actually an Echo Link net and somehow their equipment got patched into talk group ninety one while they were having their statewide check-in net on echolink and this went on for probably about a half hour or so and there were stations that were getting excited and getting on there and trying to key up and let the guy know that uh there was a net in progress and he was disrupting the net and all this other stuff and it turns out because it was a net that was being uh, run on another uh, another type of radio system. Uh, they couldn't hear anybody on the DMR net, but we could hear everything that was going on with them. Well, here's where world class net controls uh come in. The gentleman calling that particular calling the net that particular day, his call sign and name elude me, and I didn't make a note when I was writing some of this stuff down is, um, in Houston, Texas, and he remained calm and cool and collected while he tried to work through the problem. Uh, he, uh, first of all, attempted to let everybody know on the DMR net that they need to stand by until the problem was resolved. He then, uh, did some stuff over on his end. I believe it was uh, including sending an email or a message over the internet to the net control of that particular net and letting him know what was going on. Now, let me tell you, this is not a short net. Uh, The Talk Group 91 Worldwide uh, net it is not one of those nets that everybody jumps on, uh, does their ID, might say two or three words, and then uh, the thing is over in 20 minutes. In fact, uh, sometimes those nets don't even go back but 10 minutes. This net goes uh neighborhood of three hours, sometimes a little more. And that's because they are checking in stations starting in the western Pacific I'm Pacific I really haven't asked, but I would assume they're using the international dateline as the starting point. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Somebody let me know if I am. And they start taking check-ins, one country at a time, occasionally in larger areas, uh, larger areas at a time, but for the most part, one country at a time, uh, starting with the islands to the west of Hawaii and gradually work their way through every country that they can or every country on their list until they finally checked in amateur radio operators in California, Hawaii, Oregon, uh, Alaska, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, once again, I know a lot of y'all out there may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, uh, check-in nets are kind of boring, blah, blah, blah. But, this guy handled, handled that situation with a huge amount of finesse and never, ever lost his cool. So, that brings us to the next one, which has... Far more examples of stuff that, um, puts it, put the, this guy in the world class net control operator, uh, bracket for me anyway. And before I go any further, those of y'all who don't, uh, know me very well, haven't listened to as much, I've been a radio operator since the late eighties, um, when I I got off the air for a little while back around 1997, got back on shortly after the su- shuttle disaster. Uh, some of y'all may remember that when space shuttle broke up and came raining down over East Texas. And during that particular stint in amateur radio, where I was going to learning new things and playing Gwiz and everything else when I first got licensed. Uh, when I got back on the air, I focused on emergency communications. Being Aries, Races, NTS, that kind of stuff. And I also got involved with a few worked all states nets because I decided, you know, I'd had my license long enough. It was time to get a, get some kind of paperwork to show that I had worked all, all states. Plus, it was going to be kind of neat. Uh, It was really a kicker. Down here, you don't hear Rhode Island or Montana, but I got both of them. So uh, going on with that, I have been a net control uh, assistant radio officer at a couple of MCOM groups. I've been net controls for Aries nets, Racy's nets, Skywarn nets, um, worked all states' nets, National traffic system nets, uh, that kind of stuff. I've done my time being a net control, and I will not decline if called upon to do so again. So, I at least have a good read on what makes a good net control, what makes a bad net control, and these guys are outstanding. Outstanding. With a capital out. No. With a capital standing. Yeah, that's it. So, (coughs) sorry, barnacles. Um, The next, the other net that I wanted to talk about was uh, a week later. Uh, In fact, uh, as I'm recording this, it was not the one that just passed, but the one before. Uh, Y'all can check back. It's the only one that's got my name on the check-in list for for that particular net net a week or two back. And this thing started out and went like it was supposed to. uh, Calm and clear demeanor with the net control. He had a few issues with people trying to check in out of order. Because they do take the call signs in order by country, that kind of thing. Uh, but nothing... Nothing out of the ordinary. Until about the end of the first hour, possibly a half hour into the, the second hour. When all of a sudden... Let's see, the radio police showed up. Now, let me... I've broadened that term from what I learned when I first got licensed. Um, we used to call them the repeater police. You know the guys. You're uh, chugging along, having a cue so, and you're um, maybe playing a little fast and loose, you know, trying to enjoy the hobby and communicate like amateur radio operators instead of, ...trying to sound like a police department or a governmental agency or something like that. And uh, in comes the guy that tells you that your signal is... ...your deviation is too wide, your audio is too loud or too soft, um, that you have noise on your signal... And I understand you might want to clue people in on this, but this guy shows up, and he's the authority on it, and it's not, hey, buddy, you got a little noise on your signal, try and take care of it. Uh, your signal is noisy. You really need to do something about that. All you guys have dealt with somebody like that. We had him on HF, It's just when I first got licensed, I was primarily on the uh, VHF repeaters and the term I heard was repeater police and it stuck. So, this guy shows up. Uh, let's see. He is, he was the, uh, oh yeah. This is the guy that, when he showed up, after this net had been going for an hour, hour and a half, probably close to two, he shows up and decides that he's going to announce to the net control that um this is a worldwide talk group and you are uh need to take your net somewhere else because uh, you're keeping people from being able to use the frequency to which the net control never missed a beat and he responded with, uh, this is the uh, Talk Group 91 worldwide check-in net on the Brandmeister Network, and we are here every day starting at, uh, oh, well, my time is 11 o'clock, uh, and uh, you are welcome to QSY to another frequency or stand by until the net is over if you don't uh, wish to check in. And without giving the man an opportunity to respond, he fired back up and started taking check-ins again. Kudos, kudos to the net control that day. Um, so I listened for a while. Uh, I kept listening and probably a half hour or so later. Here comes the perfect op. Now the perfect op is a variation on a repeater police. He's the guy that, uh, everything he does is perfect. His signal is nice and clean. There's no noise on it. He uses proper pro signs and cue signals. He he he. Sarcasm, uh, inserted here. Using cue signals. Uh, y'all look it up. Or go back and listen to some of the episodes of Resonant Frequency or even RRA where we discuss that kind of stuff and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. You might as well be using 10 codes. So this guy shows up and he checks in and he appends to the end of his initial check in and I have a couple of questions for the net. Uh, I can wait till the end for two, but I'd like to ask one of them right now. So, being a nice and friendly net control, he uh, went ahead and checked the guy, man in, and then asked him if he could quickly state the one question he had at that point. So here's Mr. Perfectop. He decides that he wants to inform the net control that if he would ID the net more often while the net is underway, he might avoid some of the problems, which he was, uh, I believe he was targeting the initial radio policeman who was trying to run everybody off the frequency in the middle of a regularly scheduled net. And the control op said, thank you and went back to operating as usual now with most digital modes uh, dmr included i guess uh we don't feel the need to do our regular 10 minute fcc identification on the air uh, because sometimes the radio does it for us and that kind of stuff um i try to id but I'm not always successful in the heat of a QSO. So um identifying the net where we would do that on a race net, an MCOM net, where there's served agencies listing, that kind of stuff. Uh we would really be uh tight on getting our IDs at the proper time. However, I've heard plenty of QSOs and even nets that were not affiliated with emergency communications that were not so diligent about their identification so uh, net control proceeds on and he gets i think the guy was in spain yeah, or something. But uh, net control was checking in stations from um, I think it was Eastern Europe at the time. And this guy apparently turned on the radio, heard a bunch of people checking in. It may have sounded kind of like a contest to him, and immediately he was in Portugal, not Spain. Immediately he started trying to contact somebody on that frequency. Trying to get a hold of somebody, you know, uh, wor- and the way he was uh, sending the information, or the way he was talking, was uh, well, it's kind of like I've heard contesters and that kind of stuff, or even folks just trying to pick up an extra a DX station they don't have. And this went on for for some time, and once again, the net control in question remained calm. He asked the gentleman to leave the frequency, or please stop trying to check in. He was checking in out of order, um, but the station continued. The gentleman continued. The net control then told him that it was DMR Worldwide Net on Talk Group 91, and he was welcome to check in, but he needs to wait until his uh, um, call group, country, however they do it over there. Was called. The guy continues to try and call stations. Before it's over with, net control is finally had, I believe it was finally just about the last straw, and he said, Please stop transmitting. You are disrupting this net. Stop transmitting now. And. The guy went on a couple more calls as the net control went ahead and started to take his check ins again. And finally gave up, and I think he may have, oh well, wait, uh, the net control fi- figured out that this gentleman was in Portugal. And since Portuguese is not as common a language as you might think, he um, told the man, he gave, told the man that basically he was disrupting the net in Spanish, and that he needed to be quiet, or stop calling, and the gentleman quit. So, after a short break, to take a deep breath, I'm sure, net control started his check-ins again, and he went ahead and continued until he got to the end of the net. Now, because of all these disruptions, this net went on for three and a half hours. Three and a half. Now, that's, in anybody's book, that's a marathon net. Now, it normally runs a neighborhood of three, but with all the other disruptions, it was extended. And when it came, when we got to the end of this net, This guy was exhausted. You could hear it in his voice. And he had called a fantastic net. Simply because it. you would think something like that, a net like that would be so simple to call. And that it would just be, you know, take check-ins and move on. Take check-ins and move on. But he had so many obstacles in the way. Of keeping this net back on course, and he did it. He did a great job of it. You know, I'm, my opinion doesn't carry a lot of weight. I don't guess in a lot of circles, but it's like I said, I have experience, and I've sat in that chair. And now it's time for Richard's boring story time. Um, and a, a good example of one that I was involved in that was nowhere near as long, well, I guess it was, but was as difficult to control and manage was I found myself, since I was a digital traffic manager here in the DFW area, I was an assistant section manager for the ARRL at the time, Um, uh, that kind of stuff, you know, i from back in those days, I even have a brass pounder's medallion, which I, I really don't think a lot of people are uh, qualifying for that anymore. I might be wrong, but I found myself because we were short-handed on net controls and stuff, uh, helping the uh, section traffic manager out by taking net control. On the late net, which here in DFW, we have two training nets. They're kind of, they call them training nets. They're local nets. Uh, one is at 6.30, one is at 10 p.m. on different repeaters in the area. And I went ahead and took the late net on field day, night. Yeah. So, I was catching every, th- every single piece of traffic going to a section manager or whoever else come through my net that night and I was having to divert people onto to other frequencies to pass traffic. I was having to, um, you know, pretty much, in fact, very little got passed on the net frequency that night because I was having to have people go off frequency to other repeaters or simplex or whatever we needed to get things done we went four hours that night four hours moving traffic locally because all the clubs had a fistful of traffic uh, there were stations working i believe one a uh, back then uh homeless stations and that kind of stuff and it could have easily become a nightmare but luckily Uh, we had top-notch traffic handlers at that time in DFW, which has kind of suffered some. And I may talk about that in the future, Richard's Radio Adventures. However, four hours we went and by the end of that net, I was beat. I was, and I was working this traffic net sitting in my truck. In the driveway of the house I lived in at the time because uh, there was a neighborhood association and we could not have antennas up on the house. So all I had was a mobile rig. Luckily, the house sat kind of up on a hill. Uh, there's a ridge that runs all the way around Dallas and big part of Fort Worth, and we happened to be living up on top of that ridge. So I was able to uh, do what I needed to do from the driveway of this house uh, in Forney, Texas, if any of y'all uh, know Forney or want to look it up on the map. And the repeater we were using that night was in Irving, Texas. So that'll give you an idea, working mobile that far into a, into a machine. So I'm sure this guy was absolutely beat, completely wore out because he had really had some challenges. And I imagine a net that long, if you don't have any challenges, it is still, will still wear you out. Once he closed the net, a couple of us jumped in there and said, hey man, great job. You did a fantastic job and we got out of the way. And then there were a few that wanted to get in there and chat with the guy a minute. And then, y'all remember Perfect Radio Operator, right? Uh, The one that came in and said something to the effect of, uh, well, you know, if you'd ID the net net every 10 minutes while it was in progress. He shows up, and I can't remember the other two uh, absolutely idiotic questions that he asked. Uh, no, don't see it in my notes. But they were idiotic. Uh, they really had no purpose. It was information he could probably check with his buddies in the radio club or looked up on the Internet. And uh, then he let this guy go. And it was finally, it finally got to the point that he said, I, I, guys, I am, I'm more, I'm pride. I'm wore out. Uh, I need to go ahead and get away from this radio for a while. Now, in the final analysis for me, these two guys are heroes. They're world-class net control operators. These guys need to be calling MCOM nets, and probably do, because they have the skills and they have the patience to work through the problems and continue with a net in progress to achieve the goals of the net. Now, I mean, all of these guys, they're great. And I would would suggest that all of you try to listen to as many nets as you can, hear where they go wrong where they go. Right. Try and calling. Try calling a few. You can have more sympathy for a net control station when things are go, when a net is going bad. If you know how hard it is actually is to be the traffic cop, which is basically what a net control is, and it doesn't matter uh, whether it's a uh, an NTS net and you're passing traffic or it's a a check-in net like this worldwide uh, net is, it really doesn't matter because the skills skill set is the same. The pressure might be a little higher on some of the MCOM nets. I mean, a good example is RACES, RACES and ARIES nets here in North Texas. You know, okay, we don't have widespread wildfires. We do have a few uh, wildfires out in West Texas, sometimes closer. Uh, we don't have earthquakes. We get hurricanes every once in a while, but in the case of where I live, we're several hundred miles from the coast. So by the time a hurricane makes landfall and gets up to this part of the world, more than anything else, we're just talking severe thunderstorms and an occasional tornado. But tornadoes are our main problem, main issue, and there's a lot of stress uh, involved with Aries or racing net in this part of the world. I'm not saying there's not a lot of stress in other parts of the world, but that's our primary stressor. And good example of that would be, I have seen tornadoes go through and all of these cities I'm fixing to talk about are in Dallas County or in a county adjacent to Dallas County. I have seen tornadoes on, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day in Mesquite, Texas. I've seen, um, a tornado completely tear up down, downtown Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, I think that one was in, a, in March which is, um, our severe storm season. We have two, the, the one in the, in the falls, a little lighter most of the time. We, uh, um, let's see what else. Um, that and the corny tornado, uh, I was, um, Emergency coordinator of this particular county I'm living in at the moment back when that came through and it was just me and a net control operator. And, uh, you know, we could have swapped out. It could have been either one of us in, either one of us could have been in the car and the other one be net control, but we were by ourselves on the thing. I've even uh, stood on a hill and watched a tornado come up, come up one of the major highways here, for about 10 or 20 miles and was about to bail out of my spotting position because it was getting too close when it decided to hook a left and head north or head northeast, northwest, northeast. Anyway, that's a little too far afield. But for you guys that have called nets, Uh, I'm sure that you do the best you can to make them operate as most, most efficiently as you can. For those of you who have never called a net, uh, and have participated in a net, I'm sure y'all know that from time to time they can get rather hectic. And for those of you who have never participated in a net of any kind, um it wouldn't hurt for you to check into one or two. Check into one or two and, you know, just kind of listen to how they go. Not just when things are nice and calm, but when, for lack of uh, a better phrase, when the crap is hitting a fan. Because that will show you the good operators, the bad operators, The good neck, the bad neck controls, the good neck controls, and the world class neck controls. So, we're probably going to call this the, uh, what is it? The world class heroes of Talk Group 91 when it comes out. And I want everybody to take some time and think about it. Go get involved. Get on the air. You know, it's not about playing radios. If you want to play radios, there's a few other services out there you can get into. And, but if you want to be serious about the hobby, get on out there and get some, get with some of these nets because it can only improve your skill level and it can give you a little bit of um, a sense of purpose in the hobby and I try not to say hobby I try to say service because then if you say hobby the, then people like uh, uh flowing rod start showing up if you want to yeah if you want to know what I'm talking about there go to the previous episode so with that let me uh let me uh, go ahead and put some information on y'all. Um, I have been neglectful, and I need to start putting this information in there for everybody. So let's start with the email address. So if you have any comments, suggestions, um, you know, you want to, uh, we even accept uh, submissions for the resident frequency website. Or, yeah, and I mean, if you want to write smart, write articles or that kind of stuff, we'll consider them. But you can get a hold of us and, you know, just about anything. Even if you just want to say hello, uh, I appreciate those, too. I definitely appreciate those. And you can let me know if I'm doing a good job, bad job, whatever. We're currently testing a new microphone in the shack, or... Uh, at the uh, old recording recording station right now and I'm trying to keep my voice down so I don't disturb everybody else in the house so if you want to get in touch with us the email address is kb5 jbv at gmail.com kb5 jbv at gmail.com and that is the web uh, the uh, email address that we have specifically for uh, RF Podcast, Richard's Radio Adventures, uh, uh, RF Podcast Video Edition over on YouTube. That All that stuff there, you know, kind, kind of comes back this way. Our website is www.rfpodcast.info. Uh, www.rfpodcast.info. Uh, you're welcome to come, take a look around, comment on some of the stuff you find there. Uh, it, you know that's the place we would put submissions if we needed to, or if you uh, sent one in. And you know we're always looking for help over there. So if you're interested in helping out, just kind of show up over there. Uh, if you just if you just visit over there and you're planning on picking up some re- uh, radio equipment or something like that. You know, click on one of the Amazon links or something. Try and help us out that way. We even have a direct to PayPal link if you want to just drop $5, 10 or so in, in, in the PayPal. Uh, we also are on YouTube at, uh, at www.youtube.com Richard Bailey KB5JBV. Uh, and you can check that out. I guess you could probably go in the search box over there and just type in KB5JBV and it would lead you right to it. We also have a Facebook page, which is my personal one. I don't suggest that much because there's uh, people I know from my business, family, and all that stuff. But if you're interested in that one, that's uh, Facebook.com slash KB5JBV. We also have a Facebook facebook group for resonant frequency which is facebook.com groups resonant frequency all one word resonant frequency what you want your antenna to be at um we also have another one that we manage called d uh dfw elmers uh right now we're having some pretty good dmr discussions over there and we are also trying to put a club together out in this part of the world, which we're kind of anchoring that around DFW Elmer's for right now. And that would be facebook.com slash group slash Elmer DFW. And last but not least, I don't check, I don't really go over to Twitter very often because it's far too much like short attention span theater for me, and it, uh, it just really doesn't float my boat anymore i've had the uh, account since the original run of resonant frequencies amateur radio podcast way back in 2006 but if you want to get a hold of me there it's twitter.com slash kb 5 B V. now i've bored you with all these addresses and everything else i hope y'all will check out some of the content that we have to offer um for Richard's Radio Adventures, for those of you who haven't been listening long, it's kind of a ramble cast. I uh, uh, picked up the idea from a gentleman that did a Linux podcast at I one time, and since I don't have the ability to have my full studio here, um, I'm kind of taking from you him. Know. However, I find myself recording recording episodes on my phone, on Santa Clips on my computer uh, we never know quite where Richard's radio adventure is going to come from so with that I've spent enough time boring y'all I'm going to cut you loose make sure you go out and, and pursue amateur radio with as much vigor as you can take care of your families stay safe and healthy in this current environment and we will talk to y'all next This is KB5JBV, Harold, Texas, and we're out of here, guys. Thanks for coming by. We gotta go.